your heads. Dear God, thank you for this day that we all get to come together and worship you. And I pray that the word that's being brought today, will we will put it to our hearts, God, and we'll apply it to our lives. And that this week we will carry it with us and shine our light throughout the world, God, and that we will yearn for you, God, and all that we do. And I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, amen, amen. How you guys doing? Good, good, good. Um, so I want to just begin tonight with a thank you to Pastor Dan for the opportunity to come alongside and uh, love on you guys a little bit, share a little bit of stories, uh, and just hope to God, that wasn't his name in vain, but really hope to God that, that he does speak something to your heart and to your life tonight. Um, so I do want to begin, um, tonight we're going to be talking about signs. Now, if you have any um, like background in church, when you think of signs, give me some things you like, oh, this, this is a sign from God. Like if you're like, hey, this would be a sign from God, this is what it would be. Give me, give me an example. Oh, close, don't tell my secrets yet. Give me some signs. Yes, ma'am. No traffic. Yeah. I'm supposed to get there on time. Yeah, God's good. He opened the, he split the metal sea and let me go through. What would be like, man, this was a sign from God. It was so good. A box of chocolate? Oh, I mean, yeah, a mystery box of chocolate from a secret um, coworker, admirer. Yes, ma'am. A Chick-fil-A opening on Sundays. That would be a sign from the Lord that they decided to not Sabbath. So that would probably not be a good sign. But yes, sir. When Chick-fil-A gives you stuff for free or gives you the order that you didn't order, but it's the best order because you didn't know. But God knew that you knew you needed that order, right? So that was a, that was a sign from him that it's exactly what you needed. Um, so this morning, uh, I, I've been preparing all week for this message. And um, so this morning, I, I woke up really early and I was like, okay, God, I just, just want to be clear in your word. You know, just always take the word of God seriously. I'm having a great morning. I had my coffee. My, 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 my boy woke up, was watching cartoons with like this picture perfect family. My wife's in bed. She's like, bring me some coffee. And I was like, here you go, babe. Um, and and it, was, it was from the special mug that Pastor Dan gave her. Thank you. She drinks out of it every morning. And I think she loves the cup more than me sometimes. Um, but uh, so she, you know, she's doing her thing. And, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm like, all right, have a good day. She's like, you too. Love you. Mwah, mwah. And, you know, I got my stuff. I'm walking out the door. And, and all of a sudden I open my door. And this is what I see. A sign. Now, I post this on Instagram. And people are like, oh, that's because I said, you know, my neighbors were so awesome. Left me a really encouraging sign. I'm not going to share with you what the sign said. But this was not a nice sign. Um, one of my neighbors decided to take upon himself uh, to paint a for sale sign black and um, put a piece of paper with a whole um, essay for me to read this morning. It said, hey there, basically, you're the worst neighbor in the world. And if you're a pastor, your lawn's supposed to be clean, so you suck. And I was like, oh, thanks. Uh, great sign, God. I'm just kidding. It wasn't, it wasn't a bad sign either. It, it, just, it, was, it was a sign, right? I was looking to preach on signs, and God said, here's your sign. So... Um, <laughs> All the time, um, I, I am one of those ooey-gooey, feely, like, I love watching movies that just, like, get my heart pounding. I'm just a romantic at heart. I mean, like, if, if The Notebook could have starred me, I would have starred in it, and Natalie would have starred as the girl. We would have been like, if I'm your bird, you're my bird. Some of y'all get it, but others don't. Um, 
you know, and like, so in high school, I was like this crazy, like I came to faith at, at 17 years old and I was always like asking, like I always heard growing up, like, hey, if you, if you want a sign from God, you, you pray to him and you ask for a sign. I shared this with some of my, my friends this morning over at uh, Faith Christian Academy and it would be like this. I'd be on my little baby knees and I would clap my hands together like this. So everybody go and do this with me because it's gonna make me feel awkward if I do it by myself. And I would say, dear God, please send me a sign. And normally that sign came into, um, hey, uh, I didn't get an F on my report card. Oh, God, he's so good. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I'll, I'll do a praise break right in the middle of class. Like, oh, yes, hallelujah. You know, um, but I'd heard like, hey, if you, if you ask God, then he, you know, is faithful to, to show you things. This is a promise in Jeremiah uh, 33, 3. Hey, if you call upon him, he'll show you great and unsearchable things you don't know. And you're like, okay, cool. Um, God, I need a sign. Um, what do I go to college? What do I do? Do I date this girl? Do I not date this girl? What's going on here? What do I eat for breakfast? What are, you know, I was just like... Show me a sign. So um, there was one account. Um, I was at a D-Now, a lot like the one that we just had here, but it was actually in Panama City, Florida. Now, if you know me, I'm a Georgia boy from the sticks of Georgia. Um, so going to the beach for me back then was like, hallelujah. Like it was like, this is the beach. And you're like, I grew up near the beach and the woods. Like, cool for you, but I didn't. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I was like, we're going to the beach. So it's awesome. We're, we're getting after it. And um, you know, my, my, uh, my youth pastor was like, hey, this is what we're going to do. Tomorrow morning, um, this was like, you know, halfway through the retreat. Tomorrow morning, we're all going to go out and have this awesome, quiet time at the beach for you to just ask God any questions because we're going to be in his creation. And I was like, oh, God, here's my son. Let's go. You know, so, you know, I walk out and I have my breakfast, my little nettles. I'm, you know, I'm eating my little nettles and I'm just enjoying my little, my little time and um, asking God uh, about college. I was like, God, should I go to college? What should I do? Um, and that's a big question, and I think God is big enough for us to come with those things. So I'm not downplaying the reality that you need to ask God, hey, where are you leading my life? Um, but don't agonize over it like I do all the time. Um, so still, where do I go to college? I'm just kidding. Um, but, um, you know, so I remember I walk out onto the beach, and, um, you know, there's, there's uh, it's just the sun shining. It was, like, cool enough to, like, not be, like, melting like butter because I'm a big boy. And when big boys sweat, it's like we just have butter all over our bodies because it's like, a lot of sweat. Um, or if you did the silent disco, I heard that it was, like, stank nasty in here um, for some of you. I'm not going to tell you who I heard that from, Pastor Dan. Um, but like, it, it, was, it was awesome. So, um, you know, we're going out there, and I sit down, and I have my little Bible, and I'm like, God, where do you want me to go? So I look over um, to the um, the dog that's barking at me ferociously, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's not a sign. And I look up at the seagulls, and there, you know, they see my nettles, and they're like, I want those nettles. And they, you know, come swooping down. I'm like, hey, God, is that a sign that I'm going to keep my, my sustenance to myself? Like, should I not go to college? Is that what you're calling me to do? Um, and uh, so what I did, too, I love to uh, always, like, cover my head because my hair looked like this in high school. Um, and I had to, it was flat iron, so I had to like keep it covered from the sun. Some of y'all know what damage hair is, like you know, you know, you know what I mean. Like when you when you get when your hair gets too much in the sun, it gets damaged. So I, you can take that off now. Um, so that was free. That wasn't a part of the message. But um, you know, I was like, okay, God, give me a sign. So I looked at the dog, no sign. I looked at the birds, oh, there's there's poo. You know, I, and, I, and then I look, um, you know, to the Bible, and I'm like, okay, God, show me a sign. And I was like, nothing. So I shut my Bible. I was really mad. And I was like, you know, all my friends, I'm going to ABAC. I'm going to UGA. I'm going to UF. I'm like, I'm going nowhere. So I pick up my Bible and I'm walking on the beach. I mean, imagine me as a high school student, even like looking like that, even more dramatic than I already am. And I'm holding my Bible and all of a sudden this, this beautiful wave comes crashing through. And, you know, again, I'm from the sticks of Georgia. And this, I'm like, ha ah! 
you know, because something hits my feet. And I'm like, what is going on? Well, lo and behold, this beautiful shell about this big comes washing on my feet. And I pick it up, and it has a perfect L etched into it. And I was like, what? God? God? I think I hear you. What's going on? And I knew in that moment what I was supposed to do. See, I was, at that time, I didn't tell you this part of the story. I was dating a girl named Lindsay, right? And uh, so I, I really felt like God said, hey, um, just, as, just as she washed up on your feet, you need to let her wash away. I was like, what? <laughs> so guess what I did? The next day, I called Lindsay. I said, hey, girl, uh, God told me we need to break up. You know, so, uh, yeah, I was, I was awesome. So, so like, I, I, ha- like, I had all these ideas and all this um, all this reasoning, right? It was really spiritual, right? I took something that was really meant for good, right? That, that God said, hey, come to me. I'll show you great and unsearchable things. Like, I'll show you signs. I'll, I'll point myself to you. And I, I made it out to be uh, this L-shaped uh, shell. And, and guess what I did? Like, I had like a seance. I was like, ah, and I took it. I was like, Lindsay, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, then somebody else, you know, picked it up. And there was a little girl and her, her, her boyfriend's name was Larry. And he goes, oh, Larry, I'm sorry. So she throws it to you. Um, but... It's interesting in this, in this moment again. I, I was praying about my future. I was praying about what, what, what God was supposed to do. Um, and, you know, it's fu- it is funny um, because I'm, th- I'm so thankful that God led me to kind of break up with her. Or I just did because I thought that's what he was calling me to do. Um, uh, because she became, like, really crazy and now she's a witch. So that's, that's, a, that's a free one. Uh, we, won't, we won't put that part on the Internet because she really is. Like, you, you laugh. But, like, that's, she really is a Wiccan practicer. So. Um, I don't know why it's so funny, but we we can laugh together. (laughs) So in the Old Testament, um, God was so faithful to share with his people uh, signs and wonders of who he was. Right? We look through the Old Testament, and we see God leading his people by uh, pillars of fire by night. Imagine, like, this awesome fire following you around or leading you, and you're following a cloud by day. Um, he would speak through a burning bush. It's like, hey, what's up? I was like, oh, the dog spoke to me. No, no, the bush spoke to me. Um, you know, so he, he's, he's leading his people on through. He uh, gives uh, Moses the Ten Commandments, uh, another sign of his promise. And these signs were because they were, they, they were God's people. Um, and, and, and these signs were always a promise of his presence, of his provision, and how, and how he had promised that these were his people. So God was so faithful in the Old Testament to lead people through uh, many signs and wonders. And I really want to look into today, because um, sometimes we talk about the Old Testament. It's like, okay, I, I get that. God did raise really crazy cool things. He parted the Red Sea, all kind of stuff. And, and then we get to the New Testament. It's like, wait, there, there's some cool things that, that Jesus did, but like, Okay, but what about today? What, what signs and wonders are still applicable today? And we're going to talk about a little bit of those um, tonight. So if you have your Bible, um, jump in with me to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. And if you will stand with me as we begin tonight with some scripture, I would be greatly pleased. Cool, we're looking at Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 10. Starting in verse 10. Here we go, here we go. Uh, this is the word of the Lord, and he says, And immediately he, Jesus, got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of Dalamanutha. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to, to test him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and says, Why does this generation seek a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them, got into the boat, and went to the other side. Uh, let's pray. Jesus, you are great, and I pray that your word um, just helps us understand a little bit more of you, draws us closer to you, makes us love you even more. We love you, God, and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
So when we, when we look into the scripture, we always have to, anytime you look at scripture, so um, anytime you randomly open the Bible, you have to realize like the context of what's going on always determines the meaning of the scripture. Some people try to say, well, I can, I can read this one scripture and it means 5,000 things. No, normally it means one thing has many applications. So tonight we're looking at the book of Mark. So Mark was, uh, his name was Mark, and Mark wrote to a, a specific audience. And this audience that Mark wrote to were a people called Gentiles. So we just talked about Jews. Jews are whose people? Oh, you guys are intelligent. And the Gentiles are whose people? There we go. Wow, not God's people. So Gentiles were people that um, did pagan worship. Um, this, this was very important because some, their upbringing um, was, was so uh, constructed by pagan deities, um, by uh, Balthazar, Balthazar, uh, Baal, by um, all these people that, that they, they offered sacrifices. So God would literally say, hey, they're eating shellfish. Don't eat shellfish. These are the Old Testament things. So um, Mark, speaking to a group of Gentiles, is writing this story um, this account of, of his account with Jesus. And this is just right after, um, there's accounts in, in the book of Mark where Jesus feeds the 5,000, then he feeds the 4,000. So the 4,000, it'll just be counted as men. So there's 4,000 men, they all have wives, assumptually, then they both have two kids because they have the perfect American family or Jewish family. And uh, so let's, let's say around about 10,000 people had just been fed. So Jesus and his disciples were in a process of, of trying to like, Take a little leisure, take a little hiatus, and go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And, and in there, um, they were yet again faced with a group of Pharisees. Can anybody tell me what a Pharisee is, who Pharisees are, what they did, what they stood for, what they didn't want? Yes, sir. Jewish leaders? Yes, sir. Conversations. Let's talk. Talk Jesus to me. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So they, they, they took God's law and added to it like I did a lot with my spiritual moment of where, where am I going to college? Well, I just added a little bit of Lindsay and threw her in the sea. Um, well, uh, tell, tell me a little, bit more, a, a little bit more about Pharisees. Who do they not like? Jesus, right? Um, because these Pharisees, they, they were men um, of great knowledge. Uh, these men were the men that, that did not flunk out of Bible school. They went to rabbi school fully. Um, they, they had followings. They had classes. They had followed after people. Um, and these Pharisees are really, really, really intelligent men. And it's interesting how um, in their intelligence they missed some of the most simple aspects of who Jesus was um, in, in their time. Um, but what's interesting about these Pharisees, um, they saw this group of ordinary men. Now, these ordinary men that, that Jesus had following after him were called the disciples, right? And these disciples, they were all people, all men that had flunked out of rabbi school, right? So you, you have Matthew, the tax collector. What would happen if you flunked out of, ma- um, of rabbi school is that you would take um, after your father's profession. So Matthew's father would be a what? Tax collector. You, ha- you, have, you have the fishermen. What, what, what do their dads do? They caught some fish, right? Peter's dad was a fisherman. So you, you have this, and um, what, what happened, Jesus said, hey, I'm going to take you out of what you thought you messed up in, and I'm going to bring you into a, a restorative plan for your life to follow after me. Um, so you have these disciples there, and you have these Pharisees. So imagine Jesus that actually went through rabbi school, that passed his classes. By this time, they, they had whole parts of the Old Testament memorized front to back in Hebrew. It was an amazing endeavor. You, you, I mean, your, your intellect had to be super high um, to be able to be called a Pharisee, a Jewish leader. And these, these men, I, I, you know, sometimes for a Pharisee, um, their hearts are so like, I want to honor God, I want to honor God, but their religion comes in play. And interestingly enough, 
right before this account, before they try to test Jesus again, um, Jesus had actually in Mark 7 went ahead and chastised them and said, hey, um, guys, I get it. Your religion looks really, really, really awesome. Like, I appreciate your worship to Yahweh. It's beautiful. Um, but, but you are worshiping yourselves. Everything you do to try to build your religious um, resume up, it's going to get burned up. People are going to look at it and say, yeah, that, that's, that's super religious. Every additive law you've put is, is against, and he would, he, it, would, it would infer that Jesus would say, you've been led away by the hand of the father um, of death, the enemy, by, by the, hand of the, the hand of the enemy, that these Pharisees had literally been led away in their religious acts to be these perfect-esque people. Um, so these so these these Pharisees. So you have you have worn out disciples that have just fed four thousand plus people. Jesus that had just performed this miracle for here, um, and then you have these really really angry Pharisees coming in this moment. So it was like this this awesome moment, right? So let, let's do that together. It was this awesome right moment for Jesus and the disciples and the Pharisees. Um, so let's 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 see what happens. We read again in um, verse, starting in verse 11. It says, The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, seeking a sign from heaven to test him. They wanted a sign from heaven. Now, this sign, um, they lit- like Jesus had literally just performed a sign um, of feeding people, multiplying bread. It was, it was an awesome. And these Pharisees, they were in that moment. They were in the moment with them. Like they, they followed Jesus over into his little hiatus. Like they were pursuing him in anger. Um, and and they, they wanted Jesus to not just perform like a little miracle, but they wanted something to happen like this, where it was crazy and it was a big, like, a big, ah, there we go. They wanted something like this, right? They, they, they wanted Jesus to, to, to show them a sign from heaven. They, they wanted a, a big uproar. See, there's, there's like one of those, the Pharisees. He's about to get, about to get eat up by Jesus. I'm kidding. Um, but they, they, wanted, they wanted him to perform this amazing, massive, apocalyptic thing um, because they would see and they, they would know from their reading of the Torah that Jesus or that, that the different prophets would call down fire from heaven and it would demolish things. That these big, awesome, crazy things and this is all the, they, they ask for this extra sign after jesus had healed the sick after jesus had performed exorcisms like he literally took demons out of people's bodies and casted them into pigs and let them die this is after jesus had um uh fed them fed, fed the people but this was not enough this was not enough for the people these, these religious leaders were looking to test Jesus, and they wouldn't trust him. I, I don't even think that they would trust him if he, if he performed one more miracle. Um, and it's, it's amazing. Sometimes when I'm in conversations with people, because I, I, I love having conversations about religion and theology and spirituality with people. Because it it's interesting to see you know, where, where people come from, came from, and they're always saying, okay, God, if, 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 Nick, if God's real... I would know it because he would show me a sign and I would feel like he is a certain way. Or I would feel like he's, you know, like moving or I would feel like, you know, he could heal this or heal that. And I want to ask the question sometimes like, and maybe you have this question like, I, I just want to see a sign. I just want to feel that God's real. And I, I want to ask you like, where do you want to feel it? In your toes, and your nose, and your fingers? Like, where do you want to feel the sign of God in, in, in your life? 
Um, and for those that are in this room, um, you've been transformed by the gospel. And it's a miracle of his salvation. It's a sign of his promise that's being kept. And for those that, that, are, that are maybe like wondering in their faith, like, okay, I don't know what I believe in this whole Jesus thing. But you've seen your friends, like one minute homeboy was throwing them back and now he's like raising his hands in worship. Like you've seen the transformation and, and, you, it, and like that's a miracle. Like that's a sign from God. If, you, if you're like doubting faith or if you're questioning like what's going on here, um, God doesn't have to show us a shooting star bursting into flames, creating a rainbow anymore. He gave us the greatest sign of who he was through his opportunity and and availability of salvation. These little little miracles for the the Pharisees that they had just seen, they weren't enough. Um, We're we're always looking to disprove God because we don't, you know, we need a sign. Like, we, we try to say, okay, science, science makes the most sense. I, I've, I've, I've had that conversation a lot of times. Hey, science makes the most sense. I think science is one of the most beautiful things because it, it, it paints a more beautiful picture of who God is. I'll go to the zoo and just literally be in worship of God because you see a flamingo eating shrimp and turning pink. Like what the milk did God do with that? That's amazing, right? Like the science behind it is amazing. <laughs> Sorry. And the reality is, is that um, we, we try to treat Jesus, we try to treat God um, like Will Smith. Um, so if you're like, wait, wait, who's Will Smith? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Will Smith is um, genie now in Aladdin. So you'll grow up knowing, hey, Will Smith is genie um, in the new Aladdin coming up. Because, you know, like we think like, hey, let me, let me find this, this awesome thing. Let me rub it. And then, oh, poof, there's God. No, no. The sign of him dying a death that you deserve should be enough for his grace to be enough for his love to be enough if you're a believer your salvation should be miracle and sign enough for you to be in complete surrender and submission and thankfulness for god every day so that so that the pharisees ask hey show show us a sign and um can somebody read verse 12 for me i, I just love love hearing what jesus says because he's so uh kind in this moment, and you're gonna be like, wait, that seems real, real mean. Can somebody just read it? You can read it from the screen, you can read it from your Bible. Um, somebody just read it out loud for me. Thank you, Jesus. That's really, really encouraging. Right, these, these guys are saying, hey, like Jesus, hey, if you are who you say you are, go us and show us a sign. And he's like, uh, no, thank you, next. You know, like you're like, wait, what's going on? And, and for, for Jesus in this moment, um, again, you have to understand the context. So when you read that at context, like at face value, you're like, wow, Jesus is a meanie. No, he's actually full of love and grace because, again, Mark was written to a group of Gentiles. Now, Matthew has a different response, but it's the same, right? So it's inferred for a Jewish person what would be said here. So let's, let's see what uh, the book of Matthew says. Same account, same story, um, just a little bit more insight. That's what we have to understand and dig a little bit deeper when we're studying the word of God. So let's uh, pull up the Matthew verse there. In Matthew uh, 12, 38, it says, uh, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. Same, same account. And then Jesus said, um, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except for the sign of the prophet of Jonah. 
Uh, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So Jesus, full of grace and full of mercy for these Pharisees, he would say this. So this is written to a Jewish people, right? So these people would know the sign, exactly the sign of Jonah. The sign of Jonah was a, was a, a prophetic of, of, of the Messiah coming. Um, in, the, in, this, in this context, some commentaries will say that, that Jesus proves that he is the second perfect Jonah. That in, in Jesus' death, that he would be raised again t- just as Jonah was. And what's interesting in the, in the, in the story, in the, in the, um, the, the account of Jonah, uh, Jonah is, is disobedient from God. Jesus is not disobedient from God. Uh, Jonah goes onto a ship. Um, Jesus goes onto a ship, right? Jesus, or Jonah, then is disobedient, and the ship goes crazy. The storm comes, and what happens? These Pharisees come, and it's crazy, right? They're trying, they're trying to interrupt him where he's at. Trying to, he, Jesus is trying to rest. They say, nope, I'm going to tell you. Show me a sign. He's like, no. Because I've already shown you the sign of Jonah. You, are, you already know as a religious Pharisee, you already know the sign of Jonah. And he says, I am the son of man that will die just as Jonah did and be raised in three days just as Jonah was. So Jonah was on a ship. The ship went crazy. The storm came. And they said, hey, like these, these guys began to call it to their own gods because they were, they, were, they were Gentile worshipers. They began to call it to their own gods. He said, actually, just kidding, like, Jonah, I'm acting as I'm, as I'm Jonah. Jonah says, hey, I actually know Yahweh, and if I jump off this boat, it will save your lives. Jesus says, I'm actually the way. If I die on a cross, it will save you, but it's going to kill me first. The parallel of Jonah and Jesus in here is, is the most beautiful thing that I've seen. And, his, and, and even in this moment when it seems so like, oh, Jesus, why, why don't you just show them a sign? He says, you've already seen a sign. Continue the, story, continue the story of Jonah. Jonah goes and get, he gets eaten by a what? A wish, a whale fish, whatever it was. He gets eaten by a wish, and it comes in. And, and what happens when you digest food? Um, if, they, if there are any nutritionists that are in here, it gets broken down. There's, there's acids. So Jonah died a real death in the belly of the wish, fail, wish, wish, fail, fish, whale? Fail. Fa- the fail, yeah. The fail or the wish. And then Jesus died a real death and was raised to life. And it's so, so beautiful that in Jonah getting, coming off the boat, being sacrificed, Jesus saying, I'm going to go willingly be sacrificed. These men, these religious men were still like, okay, cool. Because they did not believe who Jesus said he was. I want to ask you, in all the signs that you see in your life from, from the ordinary breath you breathe right now that breathes in and exhales to the, to the, to the, to the, to the freedom that you had to drive the church here, the, the sign of, of freedom of us being able to worship God even in this moment, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life, do you sit there and say, yeah, I don't believe it? When Jesus says he's the way and you choose your own, do you say, I don't believe it? When he says that, that he's the truth and, and you begin to, to breathe in and, and, and inhale and ingest with your eyes and your mouth and your ears the things of the world. Like, are you saying Jesus is true? And when you choose things that are literally leading your soul to death, you then in that moment say, Jesus, you are not the life. What happens here? Um, is, is, is a pity at times because Jesus would it, would, it would say that he would inhale and exhale almost the same way in this moment as, as, as he would be taking his last breath. It was this, this deep, 
sigh. Um, has anybody ever been like super disappointed at Christmas when you didn't get what you thought you were going to get? And you're like, ah, well, it's worse than that. You know, it, it's, 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 a, it's a deep agony that these men were so close, right? These men were so close to hearing the truth of who God was. They, they knew the Bible. They knew all the right things to say. They knew the Insta quotes. They knew um, all the things to do. They knew everything, but they did not know Jesus as the son of man. The son of man that was actually prophesied that, that they would know about in Ezekiel, in Isaiah. These men knew the scriptures, and, and all the while, they were, they were this close from missing Jesus. This close. This close. I don't want you to be that close from missing Jesus. So, in typical Jesus fashion... We see his response here in uh, verse 13. And he did what? He left them, got into the boat again, and went to the other side. Uh, There there were some commentators that said that literally Jesus went back to the people he had just did ministry with because they, they knew who he was. And what's, what's beautiful about this, too, um, it, just, it, it frees me up a little bit when I'm talking with folks about faith um, and, 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 and spirituality again. Because the weight of me sharing, like the weight of you and me sharing the gospel with somebody um, can become off our, ch- off our chest and our shoulders because it's not our job to save anybody. Right? When, you, when you're talking with your friends or your parents or your cousins or your nieces and nephews about the Lord or, or maybe your best friend or wh- whoever you talk to in, in a constant community, like, it's not your job to save them, but it is your job to tell them the truth. And at this time, unfortunately, for these, these religious men, um, they decided in their hearts and in their own religious ways that Jesus was not all the things that he said he was. Even through everything that they had seen. Even through, maybe, maybe, maybe some of you guys have walked through some crazy medical stuff in your life. You're like, yeah, like God's really healed me from that, but I haven't, I haven't surrendered my heart to him. Maybe he's restored things in your family's life. You're like, that had to have been God, but I don't want anything to do with him. The people here, the Pharisees literally abandoned their destiny. They abandoned their destiny their, their destiny in which it was because of the hardness of their hearts, and they chose for themselves to reject Christ as Savior. Let, let this be an encouragement and a challenge and a question and, and something for you to just to chew on if you're doubting faith or if you have question of faith or, or maybe you are in the faith and you're like, I, I need this for, to share with somebody. God is not demanding you to become a robot and follow Jesus. He gives you the choice to follow him willingly. But unfortunately, in a culture where our truth equals feelings, experiences, like, do, do you know, like, for your generation, the, the biggest thing you're going to deal with is somebody saying, I feel this way, my experience taught me this, and that becomes truth. Everything else goes out the window. This is no longer true. The experience of that breakup that you had, that becomes the truth of your life. And you, you go over here and say, oh, I was broken, I was hurt, so I'm going I'm to react in this way. Or you, or you go on this super crazy side and you, you say, I'm super religious. I've never done anything bad or wrong or anything. And, and, and you're still running far away from God. You have to come to the realization 
that commitment to Christ must be voluntary. Commitment to Christ is voluntary. Just in the same way I started dating my, my, my wife, my awesome, beautiful, amazing, lovely wife, Natalie. Like, when I started dating her, when she became my boo, like, it was voluntary. Like, I didn't have to, like, I didn't sit there and, and, and make her sit on, on her Instagram handle and say, you know, Nick's boo only. Like, you know, or, or the, I, one thing that cracks me up for y'all, it's amazing. When you put the date and, the, like, the little lock sign, you're like, that's mine. Like, no, it's not, baby, not yours yet. Um, but, like, y'all know what I'm talking about? When, when couples do that, when they're like, you know, SJW with a lock. And you're like... Who? Um, but I did that voluntarily. Like, I, I decided to date her voluntarily. With Christ, our commitment to him is ours to do. And the reality is, like, I'm the only person in this room that knows I'm saved. I'm the only person. I want to ask you, have you voluntarily submitted your life to Christ and his work? Voluntarily said, you are enough. My sin is great, and I cannot even begin to carry the weight anymore. Reality is, is that we're looking for signs through, through uh, astrology. We're looking for a sign that somebody loves us by how many likes or comments. And even, even for some of our older generation, like we, we look for signs of God working by going on our, on our um, I, I love when it's beautiful. It's, a, it's an awesome thing. Natalie just shared one. But it's like four years ago, and you see like, oh, look where God's brought me. Um, that's a sign that he's doing work. Like, no, maybe you've just cleaned up your moral act, and that makes you feel good. We have to look at the word of God to be our most important sign pointer. It points us to Christ. It makes us love him all the more. And no sign is greater than the one that I'm sharing with you tonight. That Jesus Christ died a real death for your wayward heart, for my wayward heart, for our wickedness. So that we may have true life in Jesus. Like, that's why I do what I do. I've been radically saved by the gospel of Christ. And I no longer have to go to the ocean and look for L-shaped shells to realize that, that I'm loved and that I'm cared for. And that, that, that God is a promise keeper. That he is faithful. That he is the second Jonah. It's the reality that, that Jesus was raised in three days and you can put all your emotions and affections and worries and concerns, your pride, your envy, your malice, your greed, all that at the feet of Jesus. And he will reign as Emmanuel, God with us, as prophesied. He will remain as the sin conqueror, as prophesied in Ezekiel, that these religious men would know. This is the sign that I was looking for as a wandering teenager. Every sign in your life should point you to a greater dying of self and living all the more as Christ's in a dying and broken world. You are the sign of the gospel. And just as my neighbor pointed out a sign that I needed to fix some things in my, in my front yard, this is a sign that we are broken, we are messed up, but God is faithful. He is so faithful. Let's pray together. Jesus, you are, you are too good to us.
Your grace is so lovely. Your kindness is overwhelming. And God, we, we pray, Lord, that you would help us have a clearer picture of who you say you are. God, in the ordinary things in our lives, Lord, may we, may, may we bless your name for those things. God, thank you for dying a death that we deserve, Lord. You're an amazing, faithful, patient Savior. We give you all the praise and glory tonight in Jesus' name.